0: In this episode, we take a look at love and play in parenting. My name is Justin Sinceri.
1: And I am Mercedes Corona. We are licensed marriage and family therapists obsessed with learning about and applying the polyvagal theory.
0: Welcome to the Polyvagal Podcast. Today's episode, like I said, is love and play. We have an announcement or two. And we have your homework assignment for the week. I hope people are doing the homework assignments. Oh, I want to remind people. Let's remind people right now that we want to see your baggage. So take a photo or
1: <gasps> yes,
0: or screenshot something online or draw or do a collage. I don't care. We want to see what your baggage looks like. Listen to the last episode as a reminder for what we're talking about. Yes. But post it on Instagram and put hashtag polyvagal, polyvagal baggage. We would love polyvagal to see your
1: baggage. Polyvagal baggage. I need to get on that too. I need to put my baggage on there.
0: I'm trying to think of what I'll use. I don't even know, but I I will. Yeah. So before we continue, put yourself first, we make I'm sorry, we do keep every episode as safe as we can, but just by the nature of the topics, you may experience some stuff coming up. You will probably think of the way you were raised and of course, wonder how you're doing now as a parent. So if you need to take a break, go right ahead, come back when you're ready. We will be here. There are four ways to express love to your child that they will understand. I know we show our love in many different ways, but the What we have to do is figure out which ways will our child understand. And we have four ways that we recommend that we know kids will get. The first way is to say it out loud, just say I love you. Second way is to write it down. Third way is through physical affection. And the fourth way is through play. And in this episode, we're going to talk more about each one of those.
1: So you love your kids. That's probably one of the reasons you are listening to this podcast right now. But it's not enough to just love your kids.
0: You also need to express it. Over the years, the parents that I've worked with, they all they all love their kids, every single one. But they do not all express it. Do you find the same thing?
1: Yes, I definitely do.
0: So they assume the kids know or the kids feel it, but that is um, not always a safe assumption. Um, so it's not enough to just love. You also have to express it. This will obviously help to build a healthy attachment. And this is something that is lacking in I swear every single kid that I've worked with that they don't have a nice, healthy, strong, solid attachment with uh, one or with both their parents. Um, and there's a big difference between knowing that your parents love you and feeling it. And this is something that I ask the kids that I work with. Uh, I swear 99% of the time, they when I ask them, do you feel your parents love? They will say, I know my parents love me and I say I know you know it and I'll point to my head right and then I'll point down to my chest and I say but do you feel it and they pause for a moment they always say no
1: right so sad
0: it it is it is sad but but to me this is this is an undercurrent this is constantly underneath all the kids that I work with is um, not feeling that safe loving healthy attachment with the parent Um, that trust you know that bond they, they just don't have that knowing love is different than feeling love it's extremely important to express love to your children, but in ways that they will understand. Parents will, use, when I ask them in my parenting groups, "How do you express love?" They will say, "I cook for them. I buy them stuff. I listen to them. I, I play with them. I do. Um, I don't know what else. Uh, I put their clothes out at nighttime for them. It's all these practical, responsible right. kind of things. Right. Those. So I know those ways come from love." But the question is, does your child experience it as love?
1: I think there's a cultural thing for sure where I know, and and I'm thinking mostly I've worked with a large population of Hispanic families. And so there's this generational thing where it's, if I'm providing your necessities for you, shelter, warmth, clothing, food, etc. If I'm providing these for you, that equates love.
0: I think it's important to recognize that. But, But still...
1: It's a cultural thing and a generational thing.
0: Well, I think what ultimately like, what it comes down to, whether it's a cultural thing or a sign of the times thing, mm-hmm. is does your child feel your love?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And we can say, well, it's a cultural thing, and I show it this way, and, and which is, that's fine. But does your child feel it? That's really the question. That's it. That's what we have to do. We have to get to the point where we know that our children are feeling it. And you could just ask them, to, if you want to find out, just ask them, do you feel how much I love you? You know, and I, I every now and then I'll ask my kids that, do you feel it? Just to make sure.
1: Looking at the, <laughs> looking at the outline and working on it this weekend, I've been asking my kids, like, I'll regularly ask them that, but I was asking them like, every two hours, like, do you know? But how, but <laughs> how do you know? <laughs> oh, no! <nice. laughs> so I don't know if it became annoying, but.
0: I think it's okay yeah. to have that be a conversation or an opening and just to, put it out there and to make it okay to talk about our connection with our kids and, you know, if they feel our love and to have that be a safe, not awkward thing, but just a check, in that happens every now and then, I think it's totally fine. Let's talk about the four ways that we can express love in ways that children will understand.
1: Yes, let's do.
0: The first one is saying it out loud.
1: Saying it out loud, I think. If you are thinking it in your head, just say it out loud. Just put it out there. I've worked with so many parents in the past that have said something like, you know, there doesn't seem to be a right time to say it. When I when I talk to them about, you know, expressing their love for their kids, they'll tell me, well, I just, I can't find the right time. And my thing is, any time is the right time. All the time is the right time. Because children, they can't hear it enough. And <laughs> I don't want to say that I'm living proof, but that's what I was about to say, is that I tell my kids all the time, to the point where sometimes they're rolling their eyes, mom, please, but <laughs> I'd rather they get annoyed with me that I'm saying I love you too much, than the opposite, you know, I I would be horrified to know, just so saddened to know that my kids didn't know that they, that I love them, so I'm just making sure, <laughs>
0: I think it's okay to say it pretty much any time and I wouldn't mind embarrassing my children at school if I felt
1: the, in the moment inspired, I'm gonna do it. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> they will be okay. They will I
1: may or may not have done that already. They <laughs> I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they will recover from their embarrassment and um you know, like I, I think it's it's a memory that they will probably keep forever if I spontaneously shout how much I love them or something. So in
1: song I... and dance form especially.
0: Of course. So <laughs> saying I love you is, is easy. I know it's not easy or comfortable for every parent because if you didn't get this growing up, it's going to feel very foreign or odd or uncomfortable. But it just sounds like I love you. I love you so much. Or I can't believe how much I love you. Stuff like that. Kind of sappy, we know. But
1: but that's what it is. It's love. That's, it, is. that's
0: it. I say it to my kids. Uh, I'm, I'm a pretty intense person when it comes to this stuff. I really want them to know how much I love them. And, and I I have this like really intense, deep admiration for my daughter, especially. I think she's incredible. And I have an intense amount of love for her. When I tell her that, there's a couple ways. One way is verbally. The other way is physically, and I'll share that later on. But verbally, I'll just say, I'll tell my daughter, you know, I love you, right? And she goes, yeah, daddy, I know. But I'm like, and I'll say, no, 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 but like do you understand how much like do you understand the intensity of like how strong it is and she's like yeah, yeah, yeah i get it right <laughs> and i'm like no bella i need i need to make sure you get how intense my love is like i just i so admire and love you and she goes okay daddy i got it like but she kind of like oh and god but no not annoyed she like it finally clicks and she goes yeah i, I get it and she smiles and but that's you so it's not good enough for me just to say i love you i want her to know that it's intense <laughs> there's a lot of it like <laughs> the a intensity lot of, it,
1: of it yeah <laughs> yeah
0: there's a lot of it there i love and, it uh, same thing with my son but i think i do this more with my daughter um but with my son we, we we show it a little bit differently
1: well and he's still so young i think as he grows you know older and older that'll evolve yeah. i assume just because that's what happened with my kids too
0: probably yeah it's more of a physical thing with him right now but uh we'll talk about that yeah. later how about how about you
1: Um, surprise of surprises. I'm pretty similar to you in the way that I express my love to my, I know (laughs) what mind blowing. Oh my gosh. Justin and Mercedes are similar, whatever. Um, I, (laughs) I like to, um, so I don't want to repeat everything you said, but basically everything you said is, is accurate for me as well. I like to make sure that they know how much I love them. Let me veer off a little bit and say some different ways that I say, how I say that I love my kids to them. Sometimes I like to surprise them with it. Like I'll, um, they'll just be walking down the hallway, just doing a regular thing, and like maybe like we'll be walking past each other in the hallway, and then I'll turn around and be like, "Hey, I love you." Maybe a little more aggressively than is necessary, but you know, That's awesome. <laughs> you to spring yeah. it on them sometimes. Sometimes I'm annoying with it, like in a funny way. Well, I think it's funny. I should ask them, I guess, if it's funny. But like, "Hey, I love you." You know, I like to be silly about it sometimes and just be weird and. Um, but yeah, sometimes I just like, again, like you, like sometimes I'm just so overcome with just the intensity of it that I'll just like, I'll grab whoever's closest, right? (laughs) Like I'll grab one of them and just like hug on them and just say, I, you know, I love you so much. And they're like, get off. But, um, you know, and then once I do that, then I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't want the other one to think I don't love them. So then I'll grab the other kid and I'll be (laughs) like, oh my gosh, I love you so much. But it's, um. Yeah, it's out there all the time. There you go. Loud and proud.
0: There's no way they're going to miss it, right?
1: They're not going to miss it.
0: (laughs) No. All right. The next way to say that you love your children in a way they will understand is to write it down. So saying it out loud may be uncomfortable, but can you write it down? And this could be a, a note in a backpack or I think I've written on the banana peel something like that oh
1: that's cute. i've done the backpack
0: notes you can stick a note in a pocket just something they could find like it's, it's a surprise. you don't even have to be there when they find it and feel a little uncomfortable just stick it in there and forget about it and then they will find it and i guarantee they're gonna feel your love actually i can't guarantee that but i guarantee they're, they're gonna feel your love right
1: <laughs> so you can guarantee it
0: <laughs> i can't but i also do so uh um, <laughs> right <laughs> it, it's a big it's, it's a big no, but goal. i agree R- with you R- R- i it's huge
1: yeah, I did that once. I I feel like I've done it more times, but there was this one time that really sticks out in my, in my memory that I surprised my son with a note in his lunchbox or like his lunch bag or whatever. And I remember he was really little. And I actually, just before we started recording, right before they went to bed, I asked him if he remembers and he doesn't anymore. But he brought it up to me a few years after I had done it. He must have been in kindergarten or first grade. He was really little. And, um, I put a note in his lunch, in his lunch bag that said something like, I love you so much and I hope you have a great day. Just something like that. And he, he loved it way more than I expected him to. My son tends to be a little less um, expressive than my daughter. He's just a lot more stoic and a lot more, you know, logical and practical. But he came home that day and he said, mom, I found your note. And I had forgotten about it by then, just totally forgotten about it. Uh, and I'm like, what are you talking about? What note? He's like, the note you wrote me. I, like, I have no idea what you're talking about, kid. And he's like, the note that you left in my lunch bag. And I said, oh, yeah. And he's like, I loved it so much. It almost made me cry. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh. And then I almost started crying. But he, they love it. They they definitely love it. It definitely touches them. And I think the it. unexpected quality of it is really fun because it's, it's like a like a little jack in the box in the middle of the day, like unexpected, like, oh my gosh, my mom loves me. It's, you know, a nice reminder.
0: Kids do well with spontaneous things like that. Absolutely. And I think that in a, honestly, in a boring school day, they need those kind of things. Yeah. Like it's just reinvigorating and it might bring a sense of safety and hopefully a wave of calm and, mm-hmm. um, or, you know, like a
1: comfort and, co-
0: yeah, comforted, safe, calm. Um, so I think this could be really fun make a mailbox make it out of a shoebox or you can go to Michael's and buy like a wooden one and paint it but a mailbox and stick it in the room my daughter used to have uh, that envelope on what?
1: that's cute I said I love that idea
0: she had a mailbox that we used to stick things in every now and then we weren't super regular with it but that was really for her she loves getting those messages Uh, but then she would also have an envelope taped to the outside of her door with that was supposed to have you know love messages in it and uh one day she was so mad at me and i don't know why but she was just beyond mad at me and she tore the, the envelope down and ripped all the <gasps> notes up
1: no <gasps> she ripped them all up
0: yeah she was oh pissed. i'm
1: heartbroken
0: <laughs> i don't remember what it was it was probably about chores or something like that. i don't
1: know oh sad but uh yeah what happened so she, after that
0: well she had to clean it up
1: well, but I mean, did you guys reinstate the envelope or did it um, cease to it, exist I think after at that?
0: that point it turned into the mailbox.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Good.
0: But you can also like stick a stick a letter in your actual like family mailbox, you know? They love it. That's that
1: cool because mail is such like an outdated thing now. It's
0: The kids love it though. <laughs> it's they, they, old. My kids love it. It's old, but yeah,
1: it's so it's so novel now. That yeah. For them to get a letter in the mail or a card or something, it's a big that deal. would be really cool.
0: The third way to express love in a way your child will understand is through physical affection. Physical affection is, again, one of those hit and miss things. It could be a safer way to express love if you don't want to write it down or say it out loud. But for kids maybe who have not experienced safe touch, is not going to be a great way to go. So I think you really need to think about this one through the lens of your kids, but also through what you're comfortable with. But physical affection can be a really good way of expressing love. Um, and it might be a safe way. But things like hugs or kisses, but also like high fives, little daps, like pounds, uh, putting your arm around their shoulder. My son is super cuddly. He likes to like nestle in to our like armpit area and watch TV with us, you know? We were watching Lilo and Stitch tonight, and we have an Ottoman, and she put her legs over like, my shins area, what do we call that? Below mm-hmm. the knees, shins. But just legs. these simple, <laughs> yeah, legs. Just these simple physical touch um, kind of things yeah. that you feel connected and safe with the other person. So for um, my good night routine with both the kids, I have a little different routine for each one. For my daughter, we do a hug, a kiss, and we verbally say, I love you and good night. We both do that. But on some nights, I'll go in there and give her like five minutes of like communication time or whatever. And then we'll we'll end that time with a pretty intense hug. And we like, like really like squeeze each other and like make it hurt almost a little bit, you know, like just like, Argh. and um, what we do though is we'll say, was that enough or no? Do you need more? Like, do you need more love? Cause we got it, right? And then she'll be like, yeah, I need more. So we'll do like a big hug and then she'll be like, that's enough, right there. That's it. You know, like she just got the amount of physical attention she needed, and then with my son, I put him to bed every night, and I hang out with him for like five minutes, and then he knows that when I get up to leave, that it's time for hugs and kisses, right? And he'll he'll say, "Are you, you going to give me lots of kisses and lots of hugs?" And so yeah, of course I am, right? It's a hug, but it's like a vibrating kind of hug, and we he he calls that lots of hugs. And then I'll give him like kisses all over his cheeks and his face, and sometimes I like give kisses that were like I just bury my face in his cheeks. I love his cheeks. Oh, my daughter's cheeks are gone. They're just I know you're making
1: me just so nostalgic for the toddler cheeks. My my kids had just cheeks for days. (laughs) I still try and find them in there, but no.
0: Well, my son's losing his, so I'm uh,
1: Oh, so sad.
0: I'm getting as much in there as I can. So we do this sort of playful physical affection. And, um, yeah.
1: Oh, I just, I love the physical affection. Again, I, I think I overdo it with, (laughs) I overdo it with my kids. And like I said, a second ago, like my kids aren't toddlers anymore. They're not little anymore. My daughter's 11. My son just turned 13, which is ridiculous. But, um, my husband and I have always been really like physically affectionate towards our kids. And actually the other day. Oh, she's going to be so embarrassed for, to find out. I told this on the podcast. But the other day, my husband, um, my daughter will be embarrassed. But my husband and I used to do the um, the tummy, the, I don't want to make the farting sound, but the, uh, you know, kissing the tummy, but like you blow on the tummy. So it sounds like, you know, farting noises, like, yeah. you know. Raspberry. So the ras- the tummy raspberries, we would do that when they were tiny, when both of them oh, were yeah. tiny. Oh, yeah. And you know, as they each got older, like you stopped doing it after like about four or five years old, like we just didn't do it anymore for my son. And then same for my daughter when she was about, probably about five or six for her. She's always been a little bit more cuddly than my son. Um, But the other day, she was laying on our bed and my husband, he went for the tummy raspberries. (laughs) And it was so cute. And she just like giggled like a little toddler again. And I was just like rolling like in laughter because it's just like it brings back those memories, but it's also like... You know it's safe and it's fun and it's a it's a crazy form of love. Like, (laughs) because who are you going to let like blow raspberries on your stomach except someone who loves you so dearly, you know, or that you love them. So that was awesome that my husband did that the other day. But yeah, lots of um, she was okay with it. (laughs) She was like, like I said, she was like laughing, but like it was back to like toddler laugh almost, like the way a toddler laughs. Like it was just such like a like a full of joy laugh it was so cute um but other things of physical affection is um now that my kids are older again like with my son um it's lots of um in the moment like arm around the shoulder type stuff i like to um i don't know how to describe it for our listeners but i like to just like comb like his hair like i'll just kind of like rub his head on the side of his on the side of his head you know like do like this kind of thing i don't know how to describe that um and, you know, it just it reminds me of when they were little and like you would put them to bed and like you just like put their hair back over their ear or whatever. I do that kind of thing a lot. And, you know, I love you so much and I'll I'll do that. And he's, he's right here now. He comes up to my eyes. And the same with my daughter. I'll play with her hair a lot and lots of cuddles and snuggles on the couch.
0: So far, we have three out of four. Uh, say it out loud. Write it down. Physical affection. The last one is play. Um, I believe I talked about in the mixed states episode way back when in some depth, but just a brief one. Uh, We'll go over here again. Uh, Play is the combination of being in your safe and social state plus your flight fight state. So you're mobilized, but you're safe. That's called play. And it involves cues of safety like face-to-face contact, uh, which is a great way to check for safety. And if you see like two dogs playing, They constantly make eye contact, face-to-face contact to make sure that the other one is safe. Playing is in the same state. That means that both people, all all parties that are playing, are both in a safe and social state. And that if one person drops too far into flight fight, you know those kids that we say that quote-unquote don't play well with others. So those kids that drop too far into flight fight and lose access to their social engagement system, that lose access to their their bagel break, that it's no longer play. If you drop too far down the ladder, you're, you're not playing anymore. Now you're just mobilized and you're in some, a flight fight place. You're not following the rules anymore. You're no longer looking or giving looking for or giving cues of safety. Um, that's not play anymore.
1: So I know we're talking about parenting, but um, but what happens to the kids that I work with is they they're in the mobilization state, and and at first it can start out as play. And so, for example, I was working with this one kid who, a couple of kids, who um, they would, you know, start like, uh, like shoulder checking each other and, you know, kind of bumping into each other playing. But then it would become a, you know, it would escalate slowly, but surely it would escalate into like a little bit of a a harder shoulder check. And then they're like punching each other in the shoulders and then in the stomach. And then at a certain point, like I observing from the outside i could see oh no like we are definitely beyond play now but they couldn't i i have this one kid in my head and i can't use names so now it's just going to be confusing but um the second kid would start saying you know stop or no more or that hurts but the first kid would keep you know keep doing like just kind of taking it up one more level one more level punching in the stomach but now it's not play punches it's real punches and I was able to process with him later on, and he said, well, my brothers and I would play like that and we'd wrestle like that, but they would um, fake me. What would he, I think he said they'd fake me out. So they'd play wrestle and they'd say something like, stop it, that hurts, but that they would then uh, like attack him back, like he'd stop because they said it hurts. And so then they would like ambush him and like, jump back on top of him and basically go at him. Uh, it, needless to say he did not come from a safe home
0: so play is something that has the same assumptions or rules actually that was probably a good example that he assumed that someone saying stop was part of the game for the other person that was being attacked basically they didn't have the same assumptions or rules so that was not play they were on different they were using different sets of rules so play is with the same assumptions or rules so we assume safety and we assume body ownership and to me, that means that someone's not going to hit you or tickle you too much or whatever, that they're going to respect your personal boundaries and when you stop, mean stop, all that kind of stuff, right? So we assume when we play with someone that we assume, we both assume that we're going to be safe and that we're going to be in, in ownership of our own bodies and that we're going to assume that we're using the same rules. And this applies to even like football players. They sign a contract. They know what the rules are. They enter the field to play with other one, other players under the same rules, and they're all in the same state. None of them are exactly safe and social. They're all down the ladder enough to like, you know, run into the next person and injure the heck out of right. them or whatever. Possibly for life. Right. But <laughs> but they're all in the same state. But when one player takes it too far, and I'll use there's something called uh for those who don't know football, there's something called the sack where the defense tackles the quarterback before the quarterback can throw it. It's called a sack. And that's perfectly within the rules. If the defense tackles your quarterback, the offense has no problem with that. That's within the rules. That's that's fine. But if the quarterback throws the ball and then the defense takes more than two steps and then tackles him, that is now considered a personal foul. It's a it's a personal affront to the team, and the other team gets pretty pissed off. So if it's anything like that where it's like an obvious breaking of the rule, and now we're now it's a personal attack, the other team takes it very seriously and brawls may erupt. Because now you're, now even though we're all pissed off in the field and we're all in the same state and we're all taking on each other, that's we're good. But now if you cross the line and you break a rule or you break a, like a personal sort of understanding, now're we're, now we're not playing anymore. now it's real fighting. same thing with kids. Uh, if you play board games, you follow the rules more or less, right? Mm-hmm. In therapy, I love doing this. I don't work with little kids as much anymore, <laughs> but the kids that I used to work with, the little ones, or even like grade school, they would not follow the rules of a board game because they don't oh, have the patience yeah. for it and the vagal break to like deal with sitting there and being still. So yeah. they start cheating, and I'd be like, "Wait, wait, wait, wait! That's not how you're supposed to do it, right?" And they go, and "They make up a lie, and I say, oh, so it's okay to like break the rules?'" And they go, "Yeah." And so I'm like, "All right." So the next turn, I take <laughs> my piece go. and put it. I put it in the castle. I'm like, "I win." And they're like, "What?" <laughs> right. I said, "You. you said we you, we don't have rules. to follow the rules." So on my right. turn, I win. There we go. And they go, well, let's follow the rules. Oh, okay, let's do that.
1: Right. <laughs> I love that.
0: <laughs> it's just, it's a very easy way for them to be like, Oh, well, that's not very fun. Right. <laughs> because we weren't playing anymore. I was, we, we didn't have the same set of rules. Yeah. You know what I mean? It wasn't fun. So their rules where I get to cheat and Justin has to follow the rules that are set for the game. They're okay with that. But once I got to cheat as well. Right. <laughs> and my cheating was like winning. Now right. we're not working on the same assumptions anymore. <laughs> now they couldn't predict what I was going to do.
1: Now it's not okay. <laughs> One last point for me if we're going back to thinking about play being a form of love for your kids. I say let your kids guide the play and this'll this will kind of evolve over time. I think there it'll be it'll look a lot different from when your kids are toddlers to, you know, moving through into adolescence. It'll definitely look different. But let your kids guide the play. Let them tell you what to do. And if they want to put a towel on your head, you put a towel on your head. And if you have to sit in the mush pot, you sit in the mush pot. My son, again, he's 13 and all he does is video games. And so I let him guide the play. And it's like, okay, what game? You know, he says, "Mama, I want to play video games. Okay. What are we playing? Uh, Minecraft or Terraria or, oh, I love playing Overcooked. Have you done that with the fam? That's no. fun. Don't be afraid. To get silly and to get weird with your kids. It's it's fun for them. And again, play is a form of love. And when your kids see you getting down and dirty with them and being weird and making silly voices and whatever, they're they're going to enjoy that. It's going to build connections, co-regulation. This goes back to everything we've talked about in the parenting series.
0: I agree with everything you said. And I do that. But I, I find that my kids keep going back to the same games. Like If we had fun doing this thing yesterday, let's do it again right? Yeah. So I'm like, okay, let's do it again. And then day three, let's do it again, daddy. And my enthusiasm is <laughs> like, oh, come Definitely. on. For real? So I think that being spontaneous and having genuine fun from your end, they'll be a okay with you leading the play as well. So I think it could totally go both, both ways. And then they'll be like, that was awesome. Let's do it again the next day.
1: Play can look so many different ways. It doesn't have to be this one rigid structured activity.
0: We have three announcements. The first one is I am interviewing Deb Dana. That's coming up uh, next week and will be published shortly thereafter. That's going to be a big one. That's exciting. The second, the second announcement is that I am doing my first local presentation. And why I'm announcing this is because I'll be recording it and hopefully have this on video uh, or even on the podcast as well, just as... A nice lecture you can hear from me. I'll be doing that solo. But I do also want to announce that Mercedes and I are available to present at your next function as well if you'd like to have some polyvagal theory stuff there. So announcement number three is that we have a support page on justinlmft.com slash support. And you can go there and support the podcast directly through a $1, 5 or $10 donation per month. All money goes directly back into the podcast. We have two goals right now that we'd like to meet. The first one is just $15 a month. So if we can get 15 people to support us with $1 a month, or even three people at $5 a month, we'll be able to meet our first goal. We have two homework assignments this week.
1: So your first assignment is to notice how many times you say, I love you, to your kids. And for extra credit, maybe throw in a different expression of I love you. Maybe something that's different for you. You know, something that you don't usually do.
0: Like pick one of those four ways that maybe you don't yeah. do very often. Yeah. That, and do, yeah, do one of those ways that might be new for you. Absolutely.
1: And then homework assignment number two, Mercedes's favorite, play. Get down and dirty with your kids. Just do something fun.
0: Thank you so much for listening, Mercedes, and I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode in the Trauma Nerds Community Forum. It's the non-therapeutic forum for the polyvagal podcast listeners to discuss the episodes with each other. We hope this episode has had a direct and positive impact on you. There are more detailed show notes available on my website. Just click the uh, link in the description down below. Thank you so much for listening, and bye.
1: Thank you, guys. Or like with my son right now, he's 13. What the hell's he... a mush pot? You don't know what the mush pot is? What is a mush pot? Like duck, duck, goose? Seriously, Justin? No. <gasps> the mush pot. So, okay. Do you know duck, duck, goose? Yes. The game. Okay. So you go duck, 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 goose, whatever, right? And you get caught by the goose or whatever the thing is. You get tagged and then you sit in the center of the circle of duck, duck, goose. You sit in the center and that's yeah. the mush pot.
0: Oh, I didn't know that's what, that's what it was called. It's
1: a thing. All right, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I want you to leave this in the podcast, and then I want to hear people talk about the Mushpot.
0: Hashtag polyvagal Mushpot.
1: Hashtag. <laughs>